0: You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your tea, Hey, everybody, how you doing? Your host, Jeff Lloyd. Hope everybody is doing well for your Friday episode before we launch into the weekend. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All of course, your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Be sure to tell them that locked on uh, sent you. 20 day from with the first pick and part of the team we have assembled. over at Browns, uh, and Mr. Corey Tannen. First off, Corey, uh, you know, pleasure having me on. Finally, actually, I've gotten to spoke here. It doesn't know when I was given the opportunity here. Um, Corey was one of the first guys I had in mind. Um, you know, guy was doing some great work. You know, I, for just like him. A bigger platform to put out content. I was excited to do. What I was glad that Corey was joining. And uh, you know, I need some young guys, a little more familiar with everything. Every now and then, I need some assistance. Um, these guys, Corey, Sam, they've all been fantastic with that. So, uh, and um, if if you're looking at uh, following on Twitter at Real Corey Cory uh, Corey, how's everything going? How you doing, bud? I'm not doing too bad. I'm just hanging in there. Uh, you know,
1: along the same lines, just
0: trying to
1: figure out how to stretch out all this content we got to create with uh, not a lot of football going on, not a lot of football
0: stuff. Yeah, it is difficult from that aspect. And, you know, obviously, you know, we're talking about that. And and this is what – I mean, anybody who is essentially doing any content-wise, whatever sport it is, I mean, God bless you right now. I mean, because you're working your butt off. I mean, obviously, we all understand the realism – of what's going on in the world and the possibility of, you know, delayed seasons, no seasons, whatever it may be. Um, and it makes the job even harder. But, I mean, as a whole, I think the community is literally, you know, busting their butts, you know, and busting their asses, trying to put out the best things uh, than, uh, you know, that they uh, absolutely can here. Um, Corey, uh, you know, we're, we're going to do a little offense here, guys. We're going to do a little defense with Corey, maybe talk a little bit about the schedule here. Um, offensive side of the ball, Corey, um, you know, last year, you know, everybody, you know, wanted to buy essentially into the hype. Um, This year, you know, again, I mean, with the changes that were made and even, you know, more additions brought in, what do you like here? What's exciting you, you know, the most about the potential of what could be the 2020 Cleveland Browns offense?
1: Yeah, when I look at the Cleveland Browns offense this year and compared to last year, the the one thing that, that I keep going back to is
0: Odell Beckham Jr. wasn't
1: healthy. Odell Beckham Jr. couldn't practice. Odell Beckham Jr. missed a ton of training camp. Uh, Freddie Kitchens was calling plays. They weren't, they weren't practicing. Uh, he had no chemistry with Baker Mayfield. Um, and now uh, we move into 2020 and Odell Beckham Jr. is healthy. Odell Beckham Jr. has a coach who, who has a scheme, who has an identity. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. has a, like some semblance of chemistry with Baker Mayfield that's only going to improve. Um, so when I think about the, the the 2020 offense, I mean, it's Odell Beckham Jr. for me. Um, I'm just so thrilled with,
0: possibilities of what
1: he's going to do in this offense. I'm um, looking at what Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen have done in Minnesota, and I don't think there's any reason not to expect um, Beckham to, to put up those same types of numbers.
0: And it's not going to take a lot to actually get Odell involved here. I, you know, I think with, you know, it, it might be, you know, less may equal more with Odell. And, you know, the one thing you, that you continue to go back to here with, with the amount of what is on the offensive side of the ball at the skill position I mean, what are you going to do as a defensive coordinator facing this team? Okay, we're going to take Odell away. Okay, well, then there's Jarvis Landry. Um, there's Rashard Higgins. There's two tight ends. There's two running backs. Okay, we want to take away, you know, the running game. Okay, then what are you going to do about the passing game? I, I think the assemblance of what they've done, in addition to, obviously, which were major. I mean, it, to say major probably isn't even doing it justice. to Talk about, you know, what they have done to the offensive tackle position. You know, Greg Robinson, you know, Played the best he could, which turned out to be a little bit better than a bust. And then, of course, you know, went off to a life of you know, Cheech and Chong, so to speak. Um, Chris Hubbard, it was just never big enough. The athleticism, you know, you saw it at times, but it was just not enough. I mean, you know, people, once you got to see full-time Chris Hubbard, um, everybody had the book. I'm going to put my hands in your chest and you, I'm going to basically drive you down to your ass. Um, with the additions here now and obviously what Baker went through for, were times running out of his life you know, running for his life or essentially, you know, trying to put himself back together after taking, you know, ferocious hit after ferocious hit. Um, I think the balance and the assemblance of what they've got here, whether it's the offensive line, whether it's, you know, the running back, you know, core, whether it is the wide receiver group, whether it is what they can run out at the tight end position, the balance of every unit on that offensive side of the ball, it it just, for now it blows me away. And, you know, I, here I am again, and I can't believe I'm doing it in 2020. Like I was in 2019. Here I am. Again, I'm even like, doubling down on the hype I bought into in 2019. I'm on
1: the same page as you. I'm on the same page. Like, if you, you look at the depth chart of the Minnesota Vikings offensive line last year and compare it to the depth chart of the Cleveland Browns offensive line this year, even without a, an established right guard, uh, it's, it's just not even close on paper. Um, and so, I mean, having Conklin is an ideal wide zone right tackle to build around Wills showed he was a little more athletic than people thought he was at the combine. Um, so th- th- I mean, this offensive line and then a, a right guard is, you can see him around one, one week's on offensive line. So um, I'm, I'm pumped for Nick Chubb. I think he's going to have an electric year as well. Um, I'm pumped for the offense as so.
0: There is, I mean, it's, it's, it's really hard to not, you know, I mean, obviously with, you know, what's creeping in the, in the background, obviously, as far as, you know, where this country is and, you know, Hopefully, these numbers will start to you know take a you know the drastic turn they've taken over the last week or so. Here, they'll start to take you know a drastic turn in the opposite direction here because it would seem you know where it seems like Cleveland's pretty close to having everything right at least on one side of the ball. That you know this would of course you know be the year where a pandemic would um you know find its way in here. Um, if there is a landmine for you, Corey, um, if there is you know something of that nature, what is it? You know, what's the concern? Maybe you do have on the offensive side of the ball.
1: Uh, it's a tight end too. Right guard is the obvious answer, I feel like, but again, you can scheme around a right guard when you have four other solid offensive linemen. So for me, it's, I think it's, it's tight end too, uh, with with David Njoku potentially on his way out. Um,
0: I like Harrison
1: Bryant. I saw have the value as a fourth round pick when you're getting a day three pick. If you even get any sort of contribution out of him, then it turns out that as a day three, that's a good day three pick. Uh, but he's nothing athletically compared to David Njoku. Um, level of competition at college is a little bit concerning. I know he has some solid tape against Ohio State, but at the NFL, he's not going to win out wide as much as he, as he was playing at the college level. Um, I will say for Harrison Bryant, um, as a tight end I, I I charted three games of the Vikings and watched Irv Smith for three games. And tight end seems to be schemed open more often than not in a Stefanski offense. Um, and I do expect Harrison Bryant would be able to catch a football if he getting wide open. Um, so he will have that going for him, but I, I don't think they're going to get the same level of separation, same level of, um, I guess, wide openness that they might be able to get with Dave Njoku. not nearly as big as a red zone threat. Um, so I think if, if Njoku gets his wish and he's and he traded um, tight into, I think would be, would be a level of concern for me.
0: Yeah, I mean there's two there's two ways to look at it. You know, obviously Farrell Brown, nobody really talks about him still in the mix. The one thing Farrell Brown did bring is you know, you can block. Um, you know, they threw very, very limited amount of time to him, you know, made a play or two when the ball was actually thrown to him. But then you get into that mix of, you know, Farrell Brown, you know, Stephen Carlson and Harrison Bryant, and you know, and you know, where he did kind of win on the outside in college was due to the fact that he was six foot five obviously which was a you know big big advantage for him um there's still a body that needs to be finished off Harrison Bryan needs some work in the weight room and there's the whole thing of you know he's never even been you know the building yet so if he were even there he wouldn't even know where to go to take a shower yet at this point so this is a lot it's going to take you know any rookie regardless I mean you know your first round picks are always going to be counted on there's just nothing you can do about that but you know anybody you know probably third round on it's going to be a learn you know learning year um and ideally for Harrison Bryant they they find a way to get him in and you know like you said scheme him open get him into some opportunities where he can feel good about himself where he's essentially you know going to come in here and everything it's you know he's not going to have that two months within the building everything is going to be learned on the fly and you know obviously you hope these kids are taking a ton out of these these zoom meetings um but still there's going to be actually getting onto the field being around teammates and you know <laughs> these coaches can be whatever they are in zoom meetings. These guys are going to be a tremendous, tremendously different, you know, once it gets to the field and it may be, Hey, look, man, I've been coddling you this entire time, but, um, you know, if you line up incorrectly, now I'm going to be chewing your ass out. Um, you drop something, you don't run the route, right. You know, it, it's, it, this is where things are going to get difficult. And these rookies, you know, cause that's why there is rookie camp first. So you can kind of ease them in before they get in with the rest of the guys. So, you know, without any of that, it's going to be difficult. How it uh, you know, all works out for any rookie and, you know, ideally for Harrison Bryant for this to work for him for a decent NFL career, you hope that maybe 2020 it's not necessarily a wash, not necessarily a red shirt year, but you're, you're using him limited and just trying to, you know, basically, Crop up the confidence. Uh, we're going to get to the defensive side of the ball here with Corey. Like I said, we'll get to the schedule in a little bit here. Uh, Jeff Lloyd, Corey Kinnon on your Friday edition of Lockdown Browse. With the ever-increasing number of vehicle makes, whether it's Fiat, Fiat, Kia, and model specific, uh, XT5, XT3, GTS, uh, it's getting more and more difficult to go to a traditional auto, auto parts store and get your parts Um, what are they doing? They are punching your numbers of your vehicle, your engine size into a computer. And guess what? For a lot of vehicles, it is not on stock. So where are they going? They're going to rockauto.com. The difference is, is if you go to a dealership, you're going to pay whatever the dealership tells you. You can go to rock, rockauto.com, and one of the uh, examples here is a fuel uh, fuel pump for a Honda Odyssey, whether 2010 through 2015. Um, you go to the dealership, they're going to charge you $360 for it. You go to rockauto.com, buy it independently, pay $220 for it. In this day of YouTube tutorials or you know finding a mechanic who will work outside of a professional garage here, you have an opportunity to save yourself a boatload of money by using Rock Auto and applying it to whatever you need, whether it's food, rent, et cetera, et cetera. RockAuto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, similar to what the airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or an account login. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com, shop for auto and body parts for hunt from hundreds of manufacturers and go to rockauto.com. Be sure to tell them that locked on sent you. Now we get to the defensive side of the ball here. And uh for anybody following Corey and I on Twitter over the last day or so, you know what gets you know heated with some of this stuff here. And you know. For what the vision is of the 2020 Browns defense under Joe Woods, Corey, and obviously, you know, the statistics are there as far as what the league is doing, um, where it is trending here. Give me some thoughts here on the defense and the assemblance of it. For me, the one thing that probably gets me excited right off the bat is just screaming about depth on the defensive line. And this has been since I took over in 2017 covering this team. And actually now I'm finally to a po- point now where I don't really have to talk about it now. I think finally you got some intelligent people in there to say, look, we got to stop relying on somebody that was cut Labor Day weekend and going to call him our third defensive tackle. They really went out. They addressed that. But the defense on a the whole, there's, there's teeth to it. There's depth to it.
1: Uh, yeah. So that, I was going to say that, and then I pivoted last moment. I was like, no, that's too boring to be, like something I'm talking about. But I'm glad, I'm glad you brought it up. <laughs> uh, because they do have depth along the defensive line for one. It's thrilling. Uh, So, hopefully, they can get a healthy year out of Vernon, uh, can get a clean year out of Miles Garrett for for what that is worth. Uh, But but Adrian Claiborne is a really good football player. Andrew Billings is a really good football player. Uh, Larry Ogunjobi isn't going to be typecasted into a role that he's not fit to play. Uh, I mean, it's it's thrilling to to think that they aren't signing two dudes off a practice squad week eight, that they're going to be playing 40% of the snaps on the defensive side of the ball that week. it built a really solid defensive
0: line, so I'm glad you brought that up. Well, it's it's you know, look, I mean, for me, that's always kind of been for me uh, the premise on the defensive side of the ball is you know that's where it's one, it, it's it's one up front with those type of guys. Um, some you know some thoughts here on on the rest, uh, you know, on the rest of it. You know, I mean, obviously secondary, you know, and for us, obviously, we're kind of passionate, but what we think is going to work out with the linebacker position. So go ahead and you know give us some thoughts there, Corey. Yeah, so I am
1: thrilled about Grant Delpit. I am elated that they, the Browns were able to, to get him in the second round. Um, I mean, I guess you could be a little bit thankful for his ankle injury, his high ankle sprain, and you hate to say that, but if it lands a guy like Grant Delpit in the second round, uh, I mean, you, you look at his college football fight off tape from this past year, and it's phenomenal. You look at his 2018 tape, and it's phenomenal. And, and people just want to say, well, it's 2019 tape. Soft. And it's like okay, but put it into context. Like he was playing on a high ankle sprain, high ankle sprain for more than half of the season, and then he gets to rest before the college football playoffs, and he's back to old Grant Delpit. And you wonder, like, what switched? It's like he's healthy again. So uh, a healthy Grant Delpit is really something that I'm just elated about. Um, I think he's going to see a, a good amount of snaps in the nickel this year with Sendejo and, and Joseph under contract. And I really have hope that that him and Joseph can be a, a pretty young good tandem moving forward.
0: Sure. Well, the thing with me with Delpit and, you know, we were doing these draft preview shows with Pete and, you know, I was getting closer and closer to the draft and Pete, well, you know, there could be this opportunity, you know, where Grant Delpit and like, for me, you know, Grant Delpit was my favorite safety in the class. Uh, and I sat here, you know, day, I'm like, that, there is no way he's going to be available. In the 40s, I I just didn't see it. I didn't think, and if you truly want to get to where that high ankle sprain in 2019 was an issue, it was a three-game stretch, and he had a problem breaking down. He had a problem moving laterally left and right, which, obviously, is where tackling comes into it. But, you know, like Corey said, once he got to the playoffs, he had more confidence in the ankle. And, obviously, you know, ankle sprain, you're talking two weeks. High ankle sprain, if you talk to anybody who plays the game, you're talking six to eight weeks if it's really bad and a guy tries to play through it, it's just going to be an issue the entire year. There's just no way around it, and you won't get better till a couple months after the season. But you know, once he got the confidence back and had more faith in the ankle and he felt healthier, obviously, reserve you know returned to the player he was. I also like this Corey because I think this may help Greedy Williams. You know, Greedy Williams is going to have a confidant in the locker room. He's going to be able to get away from what was a, a really, really difficult year. And, and I'll still go back to this. you know, Him and Denzel missing that entire month was actually, I think, with the buy factored in, turned into five weeks. And you go up to New England. You face the New England Patriots on a sloppy field. And you take Greedy Williams after five weeks, and you just toss him back out there like it was nothing. I still believe that was a disservice. I think it really shattered his confidence. But I think Greedy now in year two has a player in here that he's got a relationship with where he has been a successful player playing next to. I think this is something that's going to allow Greedy to essentially right the ship in year two.
1: Yeah, I, I'm on board with you as well. And I think the, the biggest thing to talk about with Greedy is that coming into the NFL, it was tackling for him, similar to Delvin. Anything to build on it's that he came into this league with this gigantic red flag, this gigantic glaring weakness that people put onto him and and as a rookie he he honestly didn't struggle with that one aspect of the game too much so uh, I'm hoping for a pretty big jump out of, of greedy as well this year uh mainly because if if there isn't, then that's another position to address next year pretty early on um, when there's a lot to already address on the defensive side of the ball
0: there there always is and but you know i mean you know. You have superior cornerback play on one side of the field. Um, you know, they did, you know, obviously you Terrence Mitchell is still here, um, you know, brought in Kevin Johnson. There, there's insurance policies to cover Greedy Williams, but you know, I do believe you know, with the confidence he should have in year two. I mean, it's gonna be a new new system, so obviously it's a new system for everybody, but you know, having somebody that he's familiar with, and actually I'm sorry, two somebody that he's familiar with on the defensive side of the ball should hopefully you know ease the transition and allow the confidence to continue uh you know continue to grow. Um, there, you know, you always got to find there's a wart somewhere, Corey, defensive side of the ball. I mean, what, you know, where is, you know, somewhat of, you know, the concern? I mean, I probably know where you're going to go with this, but it it's weird because I think we all feel this way maybe about what's at that position group, positional group on the defensive side of the ball. But it doesn't seem like you know, the Browns front office, the coaching staff, it doesn't seem like they have issues with it.
1: Right. So obviously we're talking about the linebacker position. Um, right. Uh, in, in retrospect with the cap space they had, I would have looked for them to sign Joe Schobert. I get the analytical approach of not getting a linebacker. Oftentimes the, the running back of the defense, double digit, um, millions of dollars per year. I get it. Um, ideally I would have kept Joe Schobert, and we would, wouldn't probably be talking about this. Um, but here we are. Um, <laughs> I am rooting for Mac Wilson. I'm rooting for Mac Wilson. I'll but I don't have a lot to hang my hat on based off of his 2019 film. Um, I don't know what it is that makes people think that he's a star already. Uh, but he was a bottom five linebacker in the league last year out of qualifying linebackers. So. Um, I I like that he has the ability to play in man coverage, um, but ideally you want him to get a better understanding of how his role within a larger 11 really impacts the entire defense. I think um, he's a guy who plays at the tear on fire and wants to make a play, but in doing so, abandons his run fit, abandons his responsibility, and then jeopardizes the entire entire 11 um, because of that. So... Um, if Mac is going to be the guy with the yellow the yellow sticker on his helmet, the sideline communication guy, um, I think he's got to get better at understanding his responsibilities in one uh, in zone coverages. Um, so I would start with, with Mac Wilson. Um, Sione Takitaki is looking like a really head-scratching pick to me. I mean, he's already older than David Najoku. He's 25 years old already entering his second year. Um, really has a lot, a pretty big curve ahead of him, I think. Um, and if, if you're asking me, honestly, uh, and if I were a betting man, I would say Jacob Phillips is the week one starting Mike. Uh, I really like his instincts. I really like his college production. Uh, he was more athletic than I thought he was going to be at the combine. Uh, he's got good length, good size, um, clearly an intuitive individual. Um, so it, it, if I'm a betting man, I'm saying Jacob Phillips is, is week one starter. And, and then there, the linebacking coach, uh, Tarver already said it's going to be an open competition in camp. So. Um, that's kind of my thoughts on it. I'm rooting for Mac. uh, have my money on Phillips to, to really
0: emerge. Yeah. With Takitaki, I think what you're hoping for is that Takitaki does enough to offset the signing of BJ Goodson. Cause I think it, for that, those two, it's going to be one or the other, Um, you know, obviously you're going to have hopes that Mac improves his all around game. And like, you know, when we were speaking yesterday, and I was speaking with Pete Smith about this, if, you know, Mac Wilson's the dying linebacker and say it's third and five. And if I'm the quarterback, I'm coming to the line of scrimmage. And if I have a running back in the backfield, I'm just going to audible to the run because I'm going to take my five offensive linemen against your four defensive linemen. And, you know, for what we've seen of Mac Wilson as on the defensive side of the ball here, I'll take the running back versus Mac Wilson. That's kind of what it showed to this point. Obviously, look, there's still time for him to change. There's still time for him to grow. I think part of why fans love him so much, might be the, might be his Twitter game, um, and it's not a terrible move. I mean, you know, he is all about it. He's all about his business, um, all about work, says all the right things, seems extremely positive about it. So I can understand that, you know, that's a guy to root for. But, you know, you have to be able to see it to truly believe it. And that's where – and for me, you know, I was a Jacob Phillips guy all during the process. Then when we started to get to the playoffs and everybody fell in love with Patrick Queen, you know, I I'd said several times for, you know, for where I can get Jacob Phillips I would rather have Jacob Phillips for, you know, than Patrick Queen for where I'm going to be able to get Patrick Queen. Everybody just fell in love with Patrick Queen, and rightfully so. I mean, I played really, really well. Um, and everybody, oh, well, he didn't play the whole year. Well, he wasn't injured. It's not like that was a defense. I mean, if he wasn't starting the whole season, maybe that tells you the story. You know, Jacob Phillips was my guy, you know, from LSU as far as that linebacker crew. I have high, high hopes for him. I, you know, in, I, I think the Browns will be pleasantly pleased that it had for what will be, uh, I guess, what was overall pick number 96, that they should be able to get a, you know, probably the linebacker that takes the most reps for them in 2020. Just again, it's using analytics, it's being smart about how you're spending your money. Um, we're going to get to one more thing as far as our analytics and money. And Corey's going to have a piece coming out later today on Browns Pro Football Network. Um, we're also going to have on Pro Football Network uh, under the Browns page. I'll talk a little bit about some games Corey's looking forward to here in 2020. A little bit more coming here on your Friday, lot on Browns. Whether it's Spotify, whether it is iTunes, now's a great time, guys. Make sure you're subscribed. Ratings reviews always pleased always help the show. Thank you, thank you for that. Um, make sure you're checking out Corey's work with the first pick. Um, obviously, over on Pro Football Network on the Browns page as well. Uh, you know, really, really excited that he was able to uh, you know come on and you know make this uh, help me grow this project here. And you know, for the first week or so, it's it, the, the reviews have been fantastic, and we appreciate everybody for following along there. Make sure as, as well you're following at Browns PFM. Thanks everybody for that. Now, Corey, uh, schedule's coming up here, and, you know, it's weird because, you know, maybe they don't always mean so much, and who even knows if we'll get to this. I mean, for me, one thing I always get excited about is the NFC slate of games, I guess because, you know, you only see these teams once every four years, and everybody's so drastically different once you actually get to these games. Um, but, you know, obviously there is also, you know, the AFC South. Um, and then obviously the divisional games, and a couple of throw, you know thrown in here, whether whether it's the Raiders and the Titans again. I mean, the Raiders. Um, what, what are you thinking here, Corey? I mean, what, what are some of these games that you essentially have a you know a you know a, a posted? I mean, I'm sorry, a posted a push pin next to, so to speak. What what are some of the games you are really looking forward to here in 20?
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to take a more boring approach than you on this one,
0: uh, but <laughs> but I am
1: I'm stoked for the first two weeks you got Baltimore on the road week one and then a, a primetime Thursday night game against Thursday night or Monday night against the Bengals. I think it's Thursday night. Uh, Thursday, yes. Week uh, week one. Yeah, Thursday night. Um, and so week one, you're going to get a good tone setting game. I don't think anybody's expecting the Browns to go in there and win. Um, but it's a good opportunity for the Browns and for, for the fans to gauge, okay, where's this team at week one under in this new regime under a new head coach against the reigning MVP, uh, division winning Ravens. Um, so even if they can go out and have some success against the Ravens, and who knows, God willing, win the game, uh, I think that that is is, a, is a, just a, a huge tone-setting game uh, right away, Week One, uh, and then and you get the Ohio kid, Joe Burrow, their home opener on primetime football, um, and I, I think it's a, it's a good opportunity to win a home opener. Um, <laughs> so I <laughs> I think those first two games are are where my my mind goes right off the bat.
0: Well, for me, and, you know, <clears throat> and I've mentioned this, you know, Baltimore week one, you know, everybody says, oh, Baltimore week one. But if you're going to get to this point, and maybe my point now probably even grows even a little bit more is if you're not going to play any preseason games, um, you know, as far as you know, drills and getting everybody in shape and getting them prepared, I mean, you're talking a month to prepare for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, and, look, obviously there's going to be some new wrinkles added and you know, new, some more talent added, obviously, on the offensive side of the ball here, which is only going to make them that much more dangerous. But for the eight quarters they played the Baltimore Ravens last year, for six of them, they played them about as tough as anybody the NFL did. Um, all the time in the world to prepare for them. So we'll see how it you know, works out as that. So definitely in that aspect. And, you know, look, it could have been a lot worse here. You know, they could have gotten the opportunity of opening at home against the Bengals on that Sunday, then going to Baltimore three days later where they would have maybe had what five hours to practice, which would have probably just been a recipe for disaster. So as much as, you know, you'd like to have your season opener at home. Uh, I, I think the way it worked out and uh, you know, with the fact that it's going to be such a limited off season, and we'll see how training camp in the summer works. Um, I, I like the opportunity that you get them. You shouldn't be surprised I mean, you know, Grant, like I said, there'll be a wrinkle or two, and there'll be some involvement of players that you know they have never seen before. Um, but it's not a team you're not unfamiliar with, and you will have had plenty and plenty of time to prepare here. Um, like I said, Corey's going to have a piece dropping later today on Pro Football Network. Um, and for Browns fans, you know, this there's going to be an issue here um, with the amount of high draft picks they have had over the last few, year, last few years. It, it's going to get to a point where, look, even if you wanted to, there's going to be the opportunity, there's going to be the opportunities for other teams to get in this outbid you. And like Corey said, with the analytic approach where maybe you're not going to put a lot of money towards the linebacker position, Corey, right now, I believe it's like $6 million for the Browns paying for the two running backs they have between Nick Chubb and between Kareem Hunt here. Um, But kind of let everybody know, maybe the sad news and the reality news of, you know, maybe if not everybody's, almost everybody's, Favorite offensive player right now?
1: Right. So, starting with Cream Hunt, he's gone after this year. I don't think there's any way. I don't think there's. I, I, what way is he coming back next year? Um, you have an analytical front office who's going to struggle to justify paying one, let alone two. Um, so, Cream Hunt's gone after this year. I think that's pretty obvious. Um, but the, the real heartbreaking thing is you got one more year after the season with Nick Chubb. Uh, and I don't see a route in which this front offense justifies paying um, Nick Chubb either. Um, I mean, it, you just see Todd Gurley didn't make it through his contract. Devontae Freeman didn't make it through his contract.
0: David Johnson
1: didn't make it through a contract. Lagon Bell's not going to make it through his contract. Uh, the Titans won't pay Derrick Henry. Uh, Melvin Gordon sat out a whole year and uh, almost almost a whole year and, and signed a two-year $16 million deal this year. Um, Dalvin Cook's about to hold out and nothing's going to come of that. Teams are, are catching onto the curve of you don't really need a an elite running back to have a successful offense in the NFL. Um, and so I don't think it's going to happen. Uh I did lay out a path in which it could happen that I don't think Nick Chubb would be happy with, and that it would be the Le'Veon Bill route where they would double tag him two years in a row. Uh, I also don't know if the Browns would be happy paying a running back that much. Uh even though in my in my mind that feels ideal because you're not Guaranteeing any money into the future for a depreciating position like a running back, uh, where you tag him and you guarantee him for that next year. Uh, and if you think he still has juice again, you tag him again. But in what world would a player play under that uncertainty? You saw Le'Veon Bell set out an entire season, and you might say, well, Nick Chubb doesn't have the personality of Le'Veon Bell. But at the end of the day, he's an, he's an NFL player, he's a human being, he's going to win um, just as much as anybody else. Um, so, Long story short, I, I think we have two more years than Nick Chubb, and then we're on to the next guy.
0: And, you know, and, and four, and the most difficult part for Nick is obviously, you know, he's already had, you already beat once in one of the most unbearable injuries I think I've ever seen. And I still remember seeing the early reports that spring, like he was running on a treadmill and was like, wait, this can't possibly be like, how old is this tweet? This can't be right. Um, and, you know, obviously with you know, the physical demand and, you know, the physical risk at the position um and it, it just comes down to you know you win look i mean it's a, everything in the world about being a great teammate and you know being part of the city but at the end of the day you know if you're going to play this game and you're going to risk your body you want to make sure you're going to get paid and paid handsomely and if there's going to be somebody else to write that check um you look there certainly are possibilities and this becomes the issue and look you know nick isn't the person that Le'Veon Bell is. Nick is 100% about the game. He's 100% about his teammates. Um, So he becomes the ultimate difficult guy to put under this scope of, you know, not paying running backs, because if he took the position away, he's everything and then some, the type of guy you extend, not extend through a C on his chest for God's sakes. And, you know, you promote him proudly, you know, Nick's just a quieter guy, goes about his business, but he is by far, probably one of the most polarizing guys to put under this, you know don't pay for running back theory and unless something drastically changes you know I, i'm with you i don't know how it works after year 4 if he decides he wants a franchise number for one year which will give him a big fat chunk of change for one year maybe there is that route but you know it, it's going to be difficult and it, it's going to be hard it's going to be very very similar to you know watching you know joe schobert maybe eventually move on from this franchise because you want players to be rewarded uh, especially when they weren't first round picks, you want to be rewarded for what they have done, where they weren't essentially making much money. And to this point, you know Nick has been all that and then some, and you know the Browns have not really had to write much uh, in the way of checks for him. Corey, the league, the NFL, college football—obviously, so much going on here. You got anything you want to leave us here for? We put a wrap on this one.
1: Uh, just pray for football, man. That's all I got. I need it. I'm tired. I just want football.
0: I, I think everybody is in, in the same boat. And it, it's funny because you know, all of us, you know, we're, we're the ones we get to wear the mask. Oh, well, you know, just don't be selfish. And, and for anybody with the, you know, well, if you're wearing the mask, what do I have to wear the mask? How about you just wear the mask because you were told to wear the mask? Just be that simple. You know, Oh, I want my kids to go back to school, but you're also the same adult that won't wear a mask. Just think about, it. I mean, this is, I understand people are selfish, but under this point, it, it, it's not. And it's not like, you know, the alternative is not just getting sick and having some chicken soup, which I saw some schmuck put on Twitter the other day. Um, the alternative, the possibility of this is gratif- is, is gruesome. And to the point where you can you know, lose your life and maybe pass it on to somebody and not realize you did. And maybe it costs them their lives as well. Wear your damn masks, people. Hope you all have a fantastic weekend. Uh, for Corey, I appreciate having him on here. Um, you can check it out with uh, with the first pick, obviously. Uh, PFN 365 Pro Football Network over there. Like I said, I'll have the Nick piece, uh, Nick Chubb piece uh, dropping a little bit later today. Make sure you're following at RealCoryKinnon, K-I-N-N-A-N, the show itself. Locked on Browns. Always follow back. Uh, DMs are open. Uh, me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, DMs are open over there as well. Uh, shows for the idea, uh, shows, ideas for the show, questions for the show. Can hit me with them. Obviously, this is the perfect time here in offseason, as hopefully we will start to turn to a regular schedule here within the next two weeks. Um, please also make sure you're checking everything out at Browns PFN on Twitter and uh, the Browns page through Pro Football Network. Until we talk the next time, folks, LGB on the LOB. Let's go, Browns.